Welcome to the Restart Radio Show, a very different show about gadgets on Resonance 104.4 FM. This is a different show because, unlike most, we're not going to focus on all those new shiny, shiny things to buy. Instead, we focus on the value and the stuff we already have. The Restart Project aims for a shift of behavior towards a more sustainable and a happier relationship with electronics. Our monthly community electronics repair events here in London, called Restart Parties, are just the beginning. My name is Janet Gunter. I'm co-founder of the Restart Project, and I'm joined by Marie and Divya from Leicester Fixers, who host Restart Parties. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> um, we have come running, <laughs> literally running from Westminster. We just did a Restart Party together with some MPs in Parliament, and um, well, you guys came specially for the event. How did you find it, uh, Marie? Well, first, thank you for organizing such a nice event in Westminster. I really enjoyed it. It was nice to meet with other people that are involved and also kind of raise awareness about the work that we are doing in terms of electrical items and on trying to get people skilled up in that regard. So I really enjoyed it. Um, the building is quite impressive yeah. um, I never quite expected the way it's going to be like, but it was... It was nice to feel that there were some interest and uh, concerns and um, hope is the beginning of a new journey for the Restart Project, uh, tackling policies on working uh, with MPs. Yeah, and yeah. We, um, we're really happy to have you come down from Leicester for the afternoon. And Divya, you were able to get a little bit uh, stuck in and help a couple of people with gadgets. Yeah, what did we, you see? We, we had an, uh, a good ch chance to have a go with about three fixes uh, which is great for me because I don't always get a chance to do fixing um, um, I allocate the jobs to the fixes uh -huh, that we've okay. got in our uh, uh, in our restart parties so it's nice to get stuck in and uh, do some fixing okay so yeah we'd like to meet you properly um, we've I've uh, well you've come to a couple of our maybe one of our events in London and I, Marie we've corresponded, um, but this is the first time we've actually really properly met. Um, so, uh, Marie, I know you're a PhD researcher, and one of your topics, one of your themes is precisely uh, citizen engagement in repairs and getting more involved in uh, resource efficiency, I can only assume. So can you tell us where you're studying and what you're studying? <laughs> so I'm doing my PhD at Loughborough University within their design school. Um, my research is interested in the factors influencing consumers to repair electrical products, small electrical items. So it is an investigation of all the factors in that regard. Um, first stage of the research kind of included the very kind of thorough survey with those individuals. And now we're kind of going into interviewing a set of consumers and getting them to do some missions within their home, oh, filming and things. So, yeah, so this is about their engagement on the reason why they do repair or not repair. Okay. Okay. So and how did aspects. you find it's it's always a tough one whether you call somebody a person, a consumer, a citizen, but how did you find these individuals? It is it is definitely there is always this question when you think about the future on sustainability as a whole, what is going to be the role of consumers? What is a consumer in the first in the first place? It mm -hmm. is defined with the particular frame in which we live in. When we talk about the citizen on their role, we shift to another level. And I think this is 
interesting to bring more of a discussion about what it means to be a citizen within a sustainable world, what would be the criteria, what would be, you know, their influence, the criteria of decision, how are they going to, mm. to, to provide, to decide how we're we going to deal with waste and all those other questions. So I like that. And I've been looking at presumption as well. So because I feel that is another element to think that consumers are not only consuming, they're also producing mm. uh, some values on this we need, need to be recognized. And sometimes they're also producing some negative externalities, which which need to be recognized too. So that's the concept of consumption really appealed to me. Prosumption. prosumption. Okay, that, that's a new one for me. Okay. <laughs> okay. So prosumption, let's say, cons- um, how can I really say it in in a way that is clear is it pro it's like proactive instead of um passive is that yeah presumption comes from the idea of production so as much as when you actually use an item when you're cooking for example let's say cooking Mm -hmm. not only you're going to consume your output but you're also producing your meal so in itself this is an act of presumption is actually producing value as you're consuming. I see. Yeah. And that's really interesting. Well, so. in that respect, every time we use a, a computer or a device that's connected to the internet, often we are producing, yes. we're communicating, we're, it's, that's a really interesting way of thinking of it. And, and so, okay, so currently you're a PhD researcher. Um, what is your background? How did you get into this topic? Why did it become the thing you wanted to spend years of your life on? <laughs> Probably many, many other decades to come as well. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I've, done, I've done a bachelor in marketing and I was interested. Ah, okay. I was asking myself why people consume so much when the world is, is not getting as well mm-hmm. <laughs> and then after that as I decided to do um, my master was in design and innovation for sustainability because I wanted to understand how we could develop products and services that would be better for the environment and pretty much repair came about when I was looking at the circular economy and um, and I was doing my thesis on the topic and one of my friends was looking at repair mm. and I was just I just thought even though it wasn't my master thesis at the time I just thought that those two elements there was a lot of compatibility between the two there were a lot more discussion that could be made about the role of consumer within the circular economy thinking through the lens of repair so um, I worked, and then I was very keen to go back within research and, and um, from Loughborough University and starting my PhD there. Okay, wow. So. And the really cool thing from my perspective about your PhD is that you're not, um, you're not stuck in a bunch of footnotes and books and uh, scholarly articles. Um, you're actually out repairing in the community in Leicester. And so you got involved with the... Um, or you got involved with a sustainability group, as far as I understand, in Leicester, and you kind of convinced them to to start hosting community repair events. Is that right? Well, yeah, it always starts, you know, uh, within a living room with some good friends on a nice discussion start. And uh, this person was my good friend, Zina, and she ran Footpath, which is a project that encouraged people to reduce their carbon footprint. And me and her were this amazing idea to organize the Green Festival of Making and Mending in Leicester where we could have, because we felt vulnerable that we couldn't deal with items within our home, we couldn't repair it. And I think through this vulnerability, 
through this idea that we couldn't do it, uh, we had to turn around and actually reach out to people who had the skills. And um, through the festival, I was very, very keen to have an area where we could do some electrical repair. And um, obviously, I kind of correspond with with yourself, Janet, <laughs> and I was aware about the restart project. And I could only think about a place to go, which was Leicester Act Space, um, uh, a space where there is people who have the skills, who have the knowledge, and I was sure that I could find someone there who was keen to share it with okay. others. Okay, and so this is where you enter the picture, correct, Divya? Indeed, so, <laughs> indeed, yes. Tell us what happened. Well, I, I've always been interested in the hacker movement and the maker movement, and um, I attempted to start a hack space of my own um, a good eight, nine years ago, but the councils and companies weren't interested at that time at all. Um, uh, typed it into uh, Google a couple of years back and up popped Leicester Hackspace that had been open uh, just for a couple of months uh, at that time. Uh, so I went along and been very, very active in trying to promote it and to, to build it up towards uh, a more useful uh, resource for the community. Okay, and is it a membership-based organization? It is, it, it is membership-based. Um, it's a members' organization run by the members for the members. Um, we have an inclusive policy, um, so you, it's a pay-as-you-feel uh, membership, but you do have to make a, a monthly membership. But uh, on Tuesday nights, uh, for a couple of hours, we're open to the public and anybody can come along, find out what we're doing, uh, have a look at the space, uh, and, come and come and use the resources for free. Uh, and it's on one of those nights that um, that uh, Marie walked in. <laughs> okay. And I'd been involved with a group of people at Leicester Hackspace and we were very interested in recycling, upcycling. Um, we were doing weird things like melting plastic milk bottles into plastic blocks to make things out of. And I'd been very interested at that time to um, start what I thought would be um, a repair surgery so that the skills within the Hackspace could be... Um, um, introduced to the wider community and that they could come and uh, get their things repaired. And I was getting a little difficulty with traction and uh, Marie walked in and said, uh, well, I'm interested in these kinds of things and she introduced me to the whole restart party idea. And I thought, well, that's just what I need. Uh, why, why reinvent the wheel when somebody's already done it? <laughs> yeah, so you got involved then in the festival of uh, making and mending, is that right? The Green Festival. So were you involved at that stage in Marie's big event? Indeed. Marie came to me and said, like, we'd like to do this electrical um, repair at the at the festival, um, you know, based on the idea of a restart party. Can you organise a restart party for the Festival of Making and Mending? So I did a bit of reading up and I talked to some members and I thought, yes, we could probably do that. But I, I wouldn't want to just do it cold at the festival just as well, because there were hundreds and hundreds of people walking through the repair wow. room. Um, I said, well, let's let's do some restart parties up front. And um, Footpath said, yes, they would support that. And uh, we ran um, several restart parties, um, almost one a month uh, in the run-up to the festival, um, so that we could get our hands on the idea and get used to the idea of helping people. And we used uh, Leicester Hackspace as the, as the venue and the resource and the Leicester Hackspace members that were interested, um, you know, in upcycling, recycling, repair, uh, 
many of us tinkerers, some of us not, but uh, keen to learn. Oh, that's excellent. So you found that there was actually more interest than potentially there had, had been initially once you just finally decided to go ahead and, and do it. Is that, is that fair? Indeed. That's one of the things we often find is that um, people, they think, oh, I don't know, are there going to be enough volunteers? Are there enough people interested? And it's it's kind of a matter of if you host it, they will come. And, mm. um, so, and one of the other things we always tell people is uh, schedule a couple of events so that the shy people can come and have a, have a look around the first event and they may actually turn up and fix in subsequent events so um that's great to hear that that was in a sense that it was um that simple for you um how did the big event go were you able to reach those hundreds and hundreds of people we find it's hard sometimes in public to um, when there is a large um flow of people to engage people properly we end up usually just having a chat about frustrations giving some advice were you able to do some fixing in the festival oh, i think there was quite a lot of fixing went on in the oh, festival great. um items that couldn't be fixed in the time um we advised people to come back to uh, subsequent restart parties because we decided by then that this was a good thing and that we wanted to continue doing it Excellent. um perhaps less frequently than once a month but uh you know that we would do it on a regular basis um and also we occasionally invite people who need more time um if they've forged a good relationship with a fixer who's a member of the hack space then they they're welcome to come along by private arrangement on the tuesday nights to the hack space and see what the hack space facilities are like and we've gained quite a few members to the hack space through that process as well that's excellent. Yeah, and I, I imagine that you're reaching people that just would not otherwise know about a hack space. Um, one of the things we found in our um, collaborations with local makerspaces and the hack space is that it's a way of really bringing the public in. Would you say that's the case, Marie? Definitely. I do think so. For example, when, when thinking back about the festival, about 600 people came to the festival in total wow. within the repair area more than like throughout the day maybe a hundred people came upstairs to actually see what was going on. So I do feel in that sense that through discussion, knowing that there is a space, there is a process, really helps people to feel, oh, actually, I might, I might just pop by next, Friday, next Saturday uh, to the Restart event and learn more about the space. And, and I think for me, the act space got this kind of culture as well, you know, about... You can become a member, you can use the space, you can feel... It's quite safe and secure, and you can ask to, order if you got, to ask others if you've got some issue with any particular items and things like that. And, um, and yes, people have been coming. Um, and we are new people, isn't it? Not only from the act space. We, we, get, we get new people all the time. Um, we, we, we've attracted a... a a good stream of regulars who come, you know, at least every other restart, um, and then you know become members of the hack space, um, and uh, some that only come once or twice. Um, but you can see the ones that you've sat down with and you've gone through the educational process that this can be done, and a, and a light gets switched on. That you know, yes, it is something that could be done, um, and even those that aren't, you know. Are particularly interested in greening their lives up and things like that in, in, in the current society of austerity. You know, it's, it's a necessity. Mm. You're listening.
listening to Restart Radio on Resonance 104.4 FM, and I'm really happy to have with us today uh, Marie and Divya from the Leicester Fixers, and they're telling us about their special restart parties that they host in the Leicester hack space. And it, they're special for us because here in London, we, we don't really have, we have many spiritual homes, <laughs> but we don't actually have like a hub, a place where we, where we always appear. So oftentimes people um, are a bit perplexed because it seems like we're popping up all over the place. Um, and sometimes people do seemingly yearn for a kind of a restart headquarters or a place where they know they could find us on a regular basis. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's a real a special thing that you have uh, this hub, this space. Um, and what I, what I was curious, though, is, um, is whether there, that seems like a very positive thing. But um, have you been able to uh, also go out into the community? So um, pop up in other places. Has there been demand for you to go to other parts of Leicester or to go to specific places? Um, there, there has. I mean, we, we also, as, as Leicester Hackspace, um, go to festivals and uh, events to promote Leicester Hackspace. And I go out my way to uh, provide desk space for, um, you know, Leicester Fixers and, and the restart parties as well. Um, and people find out about when the parties are and they can come and visit. And we have been asked, we've been asked to... Um, uh, do a restart fixing event during a 24-hour marathon event at uh, a local community centre in December. Oh, wow. Um, okay. So that would be interesting. And it, it has its pros and cons. I think we we would have found it very difficult to kickstart uh, the whole process if we didn't have the workshop to, uh, you know, the Leicester Hackspaces workshops and tools to, to rely on because we'd have had to have all of those things up front or rely on uh, the fixes to bring their own yeah. and uh, it's refreshing that we can do that and there are some tools in in the hack space which you know you you wouldn't otherwise be able to bring to a <laughs> yeah an you, external you saw our party. kit today it's a rather massive rolling bag and it's a real trick to get everything out and get it all back in again um in the time we have and uh i was saying every time we visit a, a makerspace or a hack space we're really excited with the possibilities so when we once we were, recently we were at um, the South London Makerspace and somebody brought out this massive oscilloscope and um, and which for for listeners who, I mean I'm I'm not highly technical but I know that it's a way of, of basically testing at a much uh, finer level a circuit or um, signals through through devices and um, they have a nice screen. <laughs> They're, yes. So, so basically, if you've got an electrical signal or an audio signal, which you would normally hear or would have some function, uh, you can probe where that signal is and you can see on the screen what it looks like. So it changes that signal into a visible format that you can see. Uh, what the signal is doing, and it's it's a great way to well, it's a great way to teach people and engage them, kind of get them interested in in um, in some of the more technical aspects. So that's Absolutely. really cool. And uh, the other thing I wanted to ask you is, and we talked a little bit about this um, on the way here, but is three uh, D printing. So another promise of these uh, makerspaces and hack spaces is potentially digitally fabricating parts. Um, and we we've never really achieved that at one of our events. Um, in, has there been any interests or requests? I think that there has there has been interest and there have been requests. Often there is an easier fix to do. Mm. Um, you know, a bit of glue and a bit of chewing gum might you know string might do the do the job just as well. Uh, or other technologies. You know, there's um, 
plastics that you can put in a in a bit of hot water and it will melt yeah. and then you can repair things with. We bring so, bioplastics. Yeah, yeah, exactly, that people don't know about and they, mm. they're fascinated to learn about. Um, so, yeah, there are, you know, we've got an active 3D printing community at the Hackspace and people do make parts for 3D printing. Uh, but it is an involved process. It takes time. You have to draw up the, d- the designs. And although you can download a lot of parts... Uh, nowadays for doing uh, things that are regularly needed uh, and things will improve I think things will get better yeah it, I, I look yeah. forward to the day that um, um, you know everybody's got a 3d printer in their home just like we have a normal printer in our homes and touch wood the 3d printers are designed in such a way that they don't need to bring their 3d printers to restart well to that's what I was just gonna say when you said a restart a, a printer sorry a, 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 a 3d printer in every home is I I'm just thinking of the number of inkjet printers right that we get at uh, events currently and the last mm. thing we need is another um, in a sense throwaway yeah. printer right yeah. we can all agree on that absolutely um, and so Divya you didn't actually I'd realize I didn't actually interrogate you yet and what is your background so you seem to be a technical person you Yes, I'm, I'm an engineer by, mm-hmm. by you know, my background, uh, mm-hmm. technology consultant once upon a time, and uh, part-time lecturer from Middlesex University, where I did uh, my degree in uh, electronic engineering and my doctorate in microelectronics, and I taught part-time. So I'm a teacher, and I think this is one of the things that I love about the Restart events, because it's, it's a teaching process as much as it is a repairing process. Yeah, it's really um, we we always say it, but it's such a it's such a true thing that uh, repair has been such a solitary or um, kind of an exercise that one would do in the home or um, you know maybe with a family member or a friend, but very rarely in public. And a lot of people who repair are not even necessarily even used to uh, well explaining or explaining their thought process and narrating repairs. Um, have you noticed that, Marie? And in, in and some of the volunteers that work with you, um, that they need a little bit of coaxing to um, to to share, you know, their th- thought process with potentially less technical people. Definitely, we can definitely see that when people are working together, you have some individuals who are really kind of thorough explaining the process, the steps, all the different aspects that you have to ensure to actually repair the items. On other ones, I just, you know looking at the items, repairing it very quietly, and you just have to watch to learn. But can you really learn through watching? This is another question. But, yeah, we do try to encourage them to actually communicate with the individual. We do not say to them directly, but maybe after they finish the repair, kind of encourage them, you know, if they can get involved or jokingly trying to encourage them to actually communicate more. Um, When you mentioned about this idea of people being within their home and actually engage with repair in a more kind of covert way, mm, <laughs> if yeah. you like, is, is I don't know, is, is interesting. I think there is a lot of knowledge that is embedded within an object and, and there is a great opportunity to, for, to get this knowledge out. It takes time for it to diffuse, and that's why, like, we've got this restart event, and maybe getting people within the act space to just access it more. That actually, this object can teach you so much more about, you know, the world, other people as well, in some ways. And even even through it, even through failing to repair the items, you gather some knowledge. And this knowledge is free. It takes time to get diffused. And um, but the magic about it is like. When you share knowledge with others about the items you repaired, 
the knowledge is being multiplied because only, not only you keep it for yourself, but you're, another person obtained it. And I think, I think this, this is kind of thinking about repair. Um, is a sensorial activity uh, that we use to learn about. Mm-hmm. That is, is the knowledge diffusion is just incredible. Yeah, um, getting more people mm-hmm. within the art spaces is a great way as well to share knowledge. And we saw mm-hmm. that even today with our MPs. I mean, I was really struck by some of the conversations that that occur over a gadget. And we have that happening in a community setting. You know, people are always like, you know, they get really frustrated or, you know, or they, you know, they, they learn as a disassembly occurs or as a troubleshooting process happens. But I was quite struck by um, how uh, how easy it was to, to basically to get into a pretty in-depth policy conversation with um, with someone you know, who might be slightly intimidating to me mm. or to you, but it's over a gadget. It, it's it's so, as you said, it's kind of pulling out embedded knowledge and more like questions in the case in the case of today's event. Mm. Um, and so we had a couple of questions. Is that, okay, so how could this be easier? Like, uh, how could we avoid this situation? And uh, I don't know if you have those conversations at your events, but they're quite frequent at our events as well. Um, there's obviously some people who just want a quick fix, but there's a lot of people who really want to engage um, and go deeper. Absolutely. I mean, it's, um, it's it's one of the things that we see come up in, in the restart parties as to what is repairable, what isn't repairable. And uh, often that might lead to a conversation on how to shop for a particular item. Um you know whether or not um, a, a little bit of extra money uh, to buy a quality item that is repairable is better value than um, spending um, a smaller amount of money on a cheap item that is going to break down. Um, issues of designing for failure or um, you know um, planned obsolescence, planned obsolescence, yeah, like it, yeah. Uh, it are things that are big annoyances for me. Um, you know, trying to repair an item that has been d- designed not to be taken apart or has got customised screws that you just can't turn. Um, so I point people to, you know, when they're shopping for items, look, that here are arrows for the fixer engineer to know these are the screws that they've got to take apart. And that's generally a good indication that um, the designer of the item has has taken that into account. Yeah, yeah, no, it's really, um, I think the the question about um, why we buy what we buy is essential. And it's not, um, it's not just about environmental impact. It's actually, in the end of the day, it's about, you know, as you, I think, as you mentioned, Marie, it's like a time of austerity. And, you know, we need to understand what the trade offs are. If if we do feel forced to buy the more inexpensive thing, like, like at least we should have done a bit of a comparison and, and figure out for ourselves what all the trade offs are. Um, but we're also time poor is part of the problem, I think. And there, information is really tough to get. Um, do you have people uh, contacting you separately or um, outside of events asking for advice on on what to buy? Has that happened? I mean, that happens to us sometimes. Mm. I will on on occasion. It's quite rare for somebody to come specifically for that kind of advice. But because we, you know, I'm at the hack space most days and on Tuesdays in particular, we get members of the public come in. Uh, so, yeah, the, these kinds of questions uh, do occur. And the one thing I wanted to ask you also is whether you whether the restart parties have had any cultural impact within the hack space. Has it changed the way uh, makers and hackers are buying things and using things, would you say? I think the the most of the members of the hack hack space that are involved as fixers are pretty aware um uh 
I mean, we are as tinkerers, you know, we, we're at home tinkering. We'd rather repair the item rather than buy a new, throw it away and buy a new one. So in that respect, perhaps not. One of the really wonderful things that happens at the Hackspace is that we, bring, we, ha- we see parents bringing youngsters in. Yeah, that must so be youngsters great. come along and they come in with their toys and their um, DS lights to repair their screens and we go through the whole education process. So they're, they're fascinated by it and then they get into the, into the culture of repairing and that uh, these are the things that they have to think about. That's excellent. Well, I really want to thank both of you for joining us today, especially running from Westminster. That was a very noble. <laughs> You've been listening to Restart Radio on Resonance 104.4 FM, and we have upcoming restart parties uh, where you can get help with your broken gadgets, anything with a plug or a battery. We're in Sutton tomorrow night, and we're in Tooting on Saturday. Find out more on our website, therestartproject.org, or find us on Twitter or Facebook. And thanks to OptoNoise and Cassini Sound for our music, which was made with lasers, spinning discs, and discard electronics. Until next week.